Good morning, and welcome to another mini Monday episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Today, I'm going to be telling you about a listener-suggested story from Maggie M., and it is about Deb Hauser, and this story actually takes place in our hometown. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Deborah married Rodney Hauser in 1999 in Indiana, and together they had one child named Garrett. The marriage only lasted about six to seven years, and they divorced in 2006. Shortly after the divorce, Rodney moved out of state for work. However, in the fall of 2009, he ended up moving back to Indiana. And when he moved back, I don't know if he didn't have a place to live, but he started living with Deborah and their son Garrett in Whitley County. Their relationship was off and on rocky, and there were a lot of different encounters that people had had with them where they realized that their relationship really wasn't great, which is probably why they divorced in the first place. So one night they were at a tavern, and Rodney and Deborah were meeting with one of Deborah's co-workers. They'd had a lot of drinks that night, and Rodney ended up telling the co-worker that Deborah had, quote, locked him up twice previously, and if it ever happened again, he would kill the bitch, end quote. What does locked him up mean? I don't know. I don't know if she, like, tried to control where he went or... Yeah, that's a weird... What it was, I guess. Weird phrase. Either way, he threatened to kill her at this point. The co-worker kind of just, like, you know, laughed it off thinking, you know, it's just a phrase or a joke. But Rodney said, quote, no, I'm serious. And apparently Deborah was staying right there for this conversation. And the coworker said that Deborah just looked like down at the ground and didn't say a word, which maybe she was a little scared. I don't know what the thought process was. I don't know. So on the morning of November 17th, 2009, Deborah left to go to work and Garrett went to school. Rodney's day consisted of going to a workforce development center so that he can could look into some unemployment benefits and then he went to the public library and went to the tavern with a friend and didn't find who the friend was and had multiple beers that afternoon around 4 or 5 p.m rodney came back home and when he got home deborah was there to kind of yell at him because rodney was supposed to be home earlier than that so that somebody would be home when garrett got home from school how old was garrett Garrett was nine at the time of this. So shortly after Rodney had gone home and Deb had kind of yelled at him, he left to go back to the tavern. And around 6 or 6.30 is when he got there and he ordered another beer. And he was there and didn't get back home for another like two hours around 8 or 8.30. When he got home, Deb was on the phone with her daughter who's from a previous relationship. And her name was Amber. Rodney asked Deborah, quote, who in the F she was on the phone with? And Deborah just told the person on the other end of the phone, Rodney not knowing who it was, but it was her daughter, that she needed to go. And Amber told Deborah that she needed to call the cops and get him taken care of and then call her back. And Deb said, I'll, I'll do that and then I'll call you back. Well, Rodney, whether drunk or just angry, I don't really know, maybe a combo, he ended up striking Deborah in the face, which knocked out two of her front teeth. Like he punched her? Mm-hmm. And then he dragged her out to the front yard, 
which I want to point out because this is from our hometown. And I know the, the house. The road's not highly traveled, but it's a traveled road. I mean, it's not out in the middle of nowhere. And I would say cars might have gone by during this. And he took her into the gravel driveway and strangled her with his hands. And then with his cowboy boots that he was wearing, he kicked and stomped on her body and her face. And this resulted in all of the bones in her face being crushed. And Deborah also had 10 ribs on the right side of her body broken and three on the left side. She did not survive the attack, which from everything I just told you, I left out a lot of details as well. It's not surprising she didn't survive. It's was definitely a brutal one. It was very brutal. The next morning, so November 18th, 2009, Rodney was acting like nothing had happened. And he wakes their son, Garrett, up and gets him on the school bus. And so he makes sure that Garrett gets on the school bus. And then Rodney drives to his friend Daniel Booth's house. And when he gets there, he tells Daniel that him and Deborah had a fight the night before and that he needed to get rid of the car and then go back to the house. Rodney then showed Daniel a trash bag that was in his car that had his cowboy boots, clothing, purse, cell phone, and just some random items of his and Deborah's. And he told Daniel that the reason he just showed up and like didn't call him was because he didn't want any trace of the two talking. So is Daniel concerned or calling the police yet? Because I think I would be. No, he's just, he's that friend that's like, I'm here for this right now, but he didn't realize at that point in time that Deborah was dead. I just, I wonder, I feel like he could have drawn some conclusions here. And I think he was maybe a little suspicious because Rodney told Daniel that he needed to go burn the bag of all the contents. And Daniel told Rodney to just put in the trash can and he would deal with it later. So I think maybe that was kind of his way with saying like, I don't want to burn the evidence just in case the evidence is needed. Daniel and Rodney then drove separately to go to the American Legion. And when they got there, Rodney takes the license plate off of the SUV and abandons it and then it gets into the car with Daniel and Daniel is driving Rodney back to Deborah's house and on the way back Rodney starts to tell Daniel more about what had happened the mystery has been solved here at crime over coffee our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is fire department coffee and you can get some as well and save 15 percent with our exclusive coupon code crimepod15 Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. Rodney tells him about how they got in the fight in the house and then he took her outside and then he, quote, put the boots to her, end quote. And that's how he referred to it in court. And it was just that was his terminology. And Daniel was like, are you sure she's not hurt? Like, is she somewhere out there hurt? She need, Does she need help? And Rodney's like, no, I made sure that she doesn't need help. And at that point, Daniel's like, OK, she's gone. Like, I know what happened now. And so... They get to Deborah's house and Rodney's like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to get some stuff to go move Deborah's body. So at this point in time, he had already hidden Deborah's body. And so he's like, I'm going to go get the stuff and I'll be right back out. And 
when Rodney went inside to get the stuff, Daniel said, screw this, I'm out. And left and drove straight to the sheriff's office in Willie County. Well, thank goodness. <laughs> I know. I was like, Daniel is not thriving right now. He is not doing the right thing at all. I think maybe he was just giving him the benefit of the doubt, thinking like, he, there's no way he killed her, right? Like, I think he was just kind of putting it off. And then when he had all the clues and like, was for sure that she was dead, he was like, I gotta go. So Daniel goes to the sheriff's office and tells him everything that he knows. So then police showed up and they ended up arresting him just the day after the attack. When Rodney's first arrested, he is like, my ex-wife's at work. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And just kind of tried to play dumb at first. And he was like, look, she even called my cell phone this morning at 730. And they're like, well, he later admits what they already know and that it was he made the call from her cell phone to him to make it look like she was still out there. Yeah, I don't know why he would even be trying to play it off if he had already told Daniel everything and then Daniel went to the cops and that's how he got arrested. Well, I think he was just trying to act like Daniel was lying about the whole thing. So Rodney does not tell police where he hid Deborah's body. He keeps that information to himself. So police are searching and searching and searching. And finally, 29 days later, on December 15, 2009, a farmer called in a tip saying that he thought that he had seen Rodney's truck in the area of this, like, creek in Whitley County. And he was like, I swear I saw his truck there. You should look into it. And police go and check it out that day. And they end up finding her body in this creek. There was an autopsy done that showed what we already know. And she died from multiple blunt force injuries. During the trial, Rodney kept saying that his ex-wife had provoked him in a violent rage by confronting him about his failure to be home when their son got off the bus. And she threw him out of the house and then apparently insulted his girlfriend and hit him during the argument. And so those things led to him murdering her, according to what he said during the trial. So many things to say on that. First off, don't live in her house if you don't like... He had a girlfriend and he was living in her house and mad that she was upset with him for not being home to get the son off the bus. Like, it sounds sick and twisted to me. I agree. I don't know that a little argument like that deserves to lose your life. Is You know, I think that maybe and because I, I never knew him, obviously, but I think that maybe the alcohol, maybe he was just an angry drunk and maybe he just had way too much to drink. And then he was already upset about some stuff and all of it combined just led to that. Or maybe he just always had that rage building inside of him and he just acted out on it that night. I don't know. And on June 14th, 2010, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to 65 years with five years suspended for probation. So the earliest that he could be released from prison would be June 5th, 2041. So he's he's in there for a while now. If you guys know me, you know I like to end my episodes with quotes. So I'm going to end with a quote from a 20-year friend of Deborah Hauser named Elaine Tuttle. And she said that Deborah was a very generous and caring person and said, quote, but that's why we all loved her so much. You always knew you could count on her. She was the best kind of best friend I could have had, end quote. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Also, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. Donations are greatly appreciated and assist in making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 